most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. It's myself, Dean Ryan, and I'm joined as always. Demonon is here. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? Very well, Demo. Very well. How are you keeping? All good. All good. All good. Another uh, packed weekend of racing. So, well, hopefully weather weather permitting, Dino. Exactly. We're going to need a little bit of luck from the weather gods, I think, this weekend to get some of the action on. Uh, of course, it's the big uh, meeting at Fairy House, likes of the Royal Bond and the Drimmore and stuff like that. One of the best meetings, uh, Irish side, of course, this side of the calendar year. And, uh, and then... Over at Newbury, if it gets to go ahead, we've got likes of the Coral Gold Cup, the old Hennessy, of course. Spike Fifth is on at Newcastle, if that goes ahead. Rehearsal chase, Shiskin might be uh, consenting, might not. We'll talk about that in a bit. Stephen Cass has joined us for this merry run uh, towards <laughs> towards the Christmas period. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. No, the racing's a nice distraction. Uh, Christmas is the craziest, craziest time of the year for me. Um, I could be clocking up north of 100 hours a week now from next week on, so... Uh, this you, is the last hurrah. The rest of the year, Stephen, so I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer's, <laughs> summer's a Unless bit Unless the Eurovision's on, you're pretty quiet. Yeah, you? yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. fair play. Okay, uh, do get your hampers, obviously, of course, from Cassie. Yes, Cassie, give, give us a ring. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Custom made and sent to your door. Okay, uh, on this week's edition of The Race Out, we're going to be covering a little bit of John Durkin chat, a little bit of Brave Man's Game, Brave Man's Gone, perhaps. Uh, we'll have a look at the Gold Cup and King George picture because that, uh, is changing by the day. We've got some very big disappointments so far from some of the biggest chasers uh, in the game, and we need to talk about them. Uh, we'll also discuss a bit of Gaelic Warrior. Shishkin's got to be on the menu, of course. Um, we'll have a general chat about the National Hunt season, and then we'll get into the tipping, of course, in the second half of the podcast, where we'll cover off a bit of Newbury, uh, Fairy House, which is obviously going to be on the tip of everyone's tongues this weekend with some big, big horses going over. And, um, yeah, that's what we're going to get. So we'll, we'll get stuck in. Uh, the John Durkin, probably one of the most interesting races from last weekend, although there were plenty. Um, we saw the return of Gallop in the Champs, went off, I think, one to two in the end, uh, was beaten, and by a horse that I think we all decided wasn't the second coming, could now be the second coming. Dermot Nolan, fast or slow, was the winner of the John Durkin. Uh, appreciate it was second. Gallop in the Champs back in third. A very disappointing run. Uh, this Gold Cup does break a few animals. Has it broken that one? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, look, Willie will will be more than likely working back from the Gold Cup anyway. Now, I think he he did look fairly um, fit and straight for it, but again, that's completely from a untrained eye, <laughs> which I have not great eyes either. Uh, but the, um, I thought, I thought straight away after the race, Dean, I was quite forgiving of it. I kind of said, you know, like it is what it is. It's kind of one of those things where you, you know you can move on after it, but oh, it's hard to. It's hard to forgive it now when I look back and it, a few times afterwards, his his jumping wasn't great for the first bit of the Gold Cup anyway last year, but it really wasn't great here. Very scratchy. He still got there, like compare it with Jerry Klom, who had a nightmare up and down Royal, but he got there and he won in the end. Uh, des Champs was there to win and he just didn't go through with it. This horse does have a brain of his own. He does do things on his own. I've no doubt that Willie Mullins will be able to insert a spark as he said was missing in him but it just leaves an awful lot of blood in the market this division that we will move on to mm. is extremely interesting now but it's hard to pick one anyway but look he still he still deserves to be favorite obviously you wouldn't be kind of you know completely writing him off but i'll definitely be kind of happy to take him on now as the season goes on unless he, he does show that devastating 
ability in him. But the real question to come out of this is, how the hell did Fast or Slow not win that ultimate? I don't know whether <laughs> JJ Slevin needs to have his license checked or I, I don't know. The whole, like, like I yeah, he's, done, he's Cor- done all right on him since then, I think. Maybe. I know, I know. I'm only yeah. messing. He's a brilliant pilot. But the uh, Korat Rambler has gone on and obviously has won a Grand National since, but it hasn't, they're like, not this. Like, you know, this is grade one form. Korat Rambler was left behind in that Betfair chase and stayed on late, but fast or slow, he's only getting better. It's it's an incredible ultimate, but um, yeah, the Gold Cup picture, galloping the champs and everything else, Dean, a lot more questions than answers anyway. Hey, look, we will, we will have a quick chat about it as well. i just come to Stephen, though, on the, on the John Durkin. Obviously, you know, it's just shy of two mile four, Stephen, right? So maybe it wouldn't have been right up the street of every every animal in the race. But you could imagine galloping the shots, a free going, you know, they've had to kind of cajole him into being this stamina laden horse, I thought. Uh, he should have been coming away winning that. Uh, I th- at his best, he would have won it, Chad. Like if he if you put up the performance performance he put up last year, he would have won it. Um, he laughed at me last year before Cheltenham when I said this fella's a sketchy jumper, and there was loads of evidence for that. Going mm-hmm. back to Fairy House when he beat Master McShee, he jumped brutal. He jumped really bad at Cheltenham. Uh, made loads of mistakes when he was going to win a course before he came down at the last. Uh, jumped poorly in the first half of the Gold Cup. They were different kind of uh poor jumping performance. So at, at the weekend, he nearly looked like a horse that was struggling to get over the obstacles at times, which would suggest maybe there's something wrong with him. Maybe he's hurt. Um, I would be a big believer of the Gold Cup leaving a mark. I, I, I know it's very, it's not great for our arguments of we want horses to run more um, and so on. But I do think the Gold Cup generally, as a general rule, if you make a call, do you know what? I'm going to presume it's left a mark. I reckon 15 of the last 20 years, you would have been right. So, you know, it's, it's odds on that the the gold cup winner is going to underperform the next season it's normal and I'd be kind of until he proves otherwise taking that approach he'll go to Leopardstown for the Irish gold cup um, and he'll be odds on I would guess yeah. uh, depend, depending on what's against him Um, and he might as well win that but uh, I think it's blown the gold cup wide open uh, I think brave man's game brave man's gone as you said like he's had three chances now he he fell in a hole of punches down like he should have he looked like he had that punches down race one um, in the Punchstone Gold Cup, he fell in a hole there, and he's fallen in a hole the last twice. That's three times in a row. Look, three strikes and you're out. Really, like you let him come back and win the the King George now, uh, and he might well do. But I would be taking on the two of them uh, forevermore, and and let us be proven wrong. Yeah, the Redman's game hasn't won a race now in a year. You're going all the way back to um, winning at King George, of course, twenty sixth of December last year. So. Like, he's had, what, four cracks, Gold Cup in there, of course, but beaten by fast or slow, gentleman's game, and now Royal Guy. Um, that bet fair chase fell apart a little bit, and the one that um, loved the conditions and is an old stager, and actually ran in that Gold Cup that we're talking about, finished sixth in last year's Gold Cup, uh, came through a win. I mean, you mentioned that Gold Cup. He was really well punted. He was punted. Yeah. He was. I think there is, there must be, you know, there obviously is consensus. We didn't think Brave Man's game would turn up in a bet fair chase, and just for it to turn up there with a different jockey, and uh, it seems seems like the owners got their way uh, rather than uh, the training connections. And so, like, if you go through that Gold Cup, I did see this posted up on Twitter, right? It's not my own work. But um, Gallatin the Shops now beaten twice, both odds on. Brave Man's Game beaten twice, both odds on. Got Conflated's been beaten three times by everything. Noble Yates been beaten twice. Protector Act's already been beaten. Uh, Royal Guy came out and won, in fairness, but has also been beaten. And he got Eldorado around him three times. Sounds Russian's not been seen since. Hewitt's won. He went in America since then. I think that must have happened. Uh, a voice in yours been beaten twice. Go this weekend. Aplutar, Manila Indo's won a race, and Statler called up at the weekend. 
Not great advert demo, is it? No, 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 no. I, I, I think it is. It's a simple thing. I think, you know, like, Nell Indo is one of the only horses maybe the last few years to kind of come out after winning and at least go close the following year, apart from Melbourne Photo, obviously. Like, but, sure, but I mean, the kind of thing, minutes. like, it's just more often than not, Don Cossack, Imperial Commander, yeah. Just so many of them, Dean, that, that race does. Like, I've, uh, Paul Keeley has an article saying in the Racing Post where he goes about debunking that myth about, or sorry, myth in inverted commas about um, the Gold Cup leaving a mark on a horse. But I find that a hard argument to actually make and not, and kind of make stand up because there's mm. there's just an awful lot of them, bar, bar the album photos who pretty much had their whole year built around it, that the rest of the horses, they, they yeah. They just don't be, seem to reach a level again. You'd be minus 28% or something if you backed them all on their subsequent runs, all Gold Cup winners. You know, so yeah. they're over bet anyway. So just as a general approach, take them on. That's yeah. that's that's my view. Um, I don't really care whether they are the horse they wear, blah, blah. Like it's punting I care about. Um, And yeah, as a general approach, it'll pay to take them on. Fair. I have like one slight theory here, right? And you kind of alluded to it just before, Stephen, when you were saying, you know, we're, it debunks the argument where we're all saying they should race these horses more. Um, when you get to a Gold Cup and the level and the pace that they go and the demands that that test puts on a horse, um, for that to be the kind of first time you've had to go to the well might be the best way to win a Gold Cup because you can do it the one time. And then it might not be the best way, though, for longevity in chasers to keep them so cotton wool wrapped until that day. Um, and perhaps, you know, there's, there's probably some arguments against this, but if you go to the well more often, the right horses rise to the top, can handle it more often, and therefore won't end their career in a Gold Cup. Um, it's something that can only be proven by running something more and more and more. Royal Pagai's come out and won. He'd be on that list, I'd say. That was aimed at you, Cass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know what you're saying. Um, Look, there's a lot to it. I, I think, in a way, they're they're getting to their Gold Cup season too late anyway. So they're already at the end of their tether. Um, they're spending bumper season, novice hurdle, novice chase. Willie's four, the worst for that. I mean, they're four, they're uh, and a point to point season, so they're in their fifth yeah. season racing before they're in the Gold Cup. If they're trying to re, if they're trying to go on again, they're in their sixth sixth season racing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge part of it. To be honest, I have a lot to say on this in the later part of how we can um adjust the national right. season anyway. So so we'll get to that. Can can I just say in terms of the Gold Cup, I think there is a bet in there now. Uh, I was blown away with classic getaway. Over two mile six at Thurlis. That I think this race is what was the old Kinlock Bray, which used to be in January. And Sizing John won this when he was up to trip on the way to to the Gold Cup. So I would. It was a good race today. Um, and and he absolutely destroyed them. Classic getaways up any amount of improvement. It it feels like a year something can come from left field and emerge and he has the class to do it um and another little angle i would take this is a bit mad now but you'll get well over a thousand to one double uh on the related form of him beating manella cocooner who i think would be one for the three mile six race uh that was a really good beginner's chase at Gorn last year Um, uh, the two of them manella cocooner still a novice so i would say you could back that related form double and you'd probably get in the region of about 1200 to one um on the double so that's just another take but i i thought classic getaway was really really good you'd hope alaho will be ryanair therefore they'll be trying to get this horse into the gold cup picture uh, and 40 to one in a weak field uh, appeals to me anyway yeah, fair enough. Classic getaway is, as you say, uh, 40s for the blue ribbon or the blue ribbon. What do you, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, Galloping the Shots and Jerry Colomb now almost vying for favouritism at the top of that. When you look at the King George market and the Gold Cup market, as much as they've shifted 
over the last couple of weeks. Um, I do, like you say, the Gold Cup's been blasted wide open. Uh, is that there's a, probably a world where if Jerry Colon with all this money coming for it for the King George demo goes and wins a King George, um, that'll be Gold Cup favourite. Yeah, which is kind of mental, isn't it? Considering, like, like I'm in a real quandary with Jerry Colom, as in this is a horse that I've always loved, really loved him. Was got quite confident before down Royal that I thought that 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 he was a proper Gold Cup horse, but he looked very boaty that day. Um, unless the trainer knows knows more than I do, who's good enough to win over two mile four last year, but that that, that race was just cack, really. So, like, when you look now, I don't know if he's quick enough for King George. Um, you know, I I, I really don't like even Don Cossack, my favorite horse, had to be. You know, he was taken off the bridle. I, I actually still think that he would have beaten Cucar that day, but Jerry Glom mm. wouldn't be up to that standard even. But yeah, Dean, like it's. It's just a mental division. I, I'd actually be happy enough to, to follow Cassin. I, that, that's why I wasn't looking at my screen there. I was trying to get on there. Um, the, <laughs> um, I, there is, there's there's something to, to kind of come from left field. I'm looking forward to seeing how long press is. Um, a horse Mildly probably, forgotten about, isn't he? A horse that could have made the Gold Cup last year, but they decided not to. That, you know, mm. he was only eight. He'd be nine kind of into Gold Cup. He was devastatingly brilliant in that RSA. Now, I know Brave Man's game, uh, I remember to strop you through Dean down at the start when, when that message came through that Brave Man's game wasn't running. But Long Press expensive, was... Very expensive message. Yes. Long Press was outstanding that day. He'd be the kind of horse that I'd be looking at for left field, but it's a Gold Cup division that I know we say every year, God, there's kind of loads of horses coming from it. There's loads of horses that, you, you know, you can keep ticking them off there and saying no, 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 and you, you end up way down. Nearly a Ramley's there. I, I was looking at, but you're... He, Oh, he would have point to point the weekend. So it's a it's a <laughs> mental division. <laughs> well, one another one. If if you if you forgave Bron the run and 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 you could uh, we've Willie's, had this chat. Willie's aren't running great, but he's two hundred and fifty to one on Betfair. You know what I mean? Like he, you could have a tenner at that now. I, I, I and that might not look silly. Come the Gold Cup. Sure. Uh, any thoughts on the, on what how this King George is going to shake up? I've been I've been amazed to see the money coming for for Jerry. Maybe it's only just. Yeah, I, I see all the right faces, all that kind of stuff being talked about. But currently favourite over Brave Man's Game is obviously disappointing. But you could still have Alaho. You could have a rejuvenate Shishkin if he goes and uh, runs well at Newcastle this weekend. Uh, if that's some long presses in there, where the guys already won this year. But, I don't know if it's going to suit Jerry. We thought the last day wouldn't suit Jerry, though, Stephen, and he won. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I thought he was. I thought he actually thought he was really good the last day. A bit sticky starting out though. You worried he just get out of his ground, wouldn't you? He got out of his ground in the Brown Advisory. He got out of his ground a little bit at Down Royal. If you get out of your ground at Kempton, it's very hard come back. Um, so that'd be the worry with him. Uh, I'd love to see him go for the race, and then maybe you'd have Gentleman's Game and uh, Faster Slow at Leopardstown. So you do two good contests in terms of Gold Cup trials. I have no view on the betting though. I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of them you'd put a line through in a way. I think in terms of having a chance, which means yeah. that something could come from nowhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know what that one is. Edward Stone, Alaho will be built for this, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, we've always thought so. Always I think he looked gone the last day. No, like they didn't try a yard. Was it Janadil was second? I thought he looked like he was go look looked like he was struggling now at Clamwell. If you ask me. Yeah, he won though. In fairness, that's that's the only the only thing. <laughs> he back did win, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did um... win. He did win. But the uh, yeah, and look like like Venetia Williams said immediately after the race. Any other horse and Royal Pagai would be 
favorite for the King George after doing what he did. Uh, he's 14 to 1 for that, but again, yeah, Dean, it's it's just it's a really sore division to try and mull through. Like you either go and try and find a mental one like Cassid, because again, the year when sizing John Cass had that season, um, won the Gold Cup. That was another wishy-washy year where uh, Jack Adam ended up favourite again that year, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, after not mm-hmm. kind of getting home the two previous seasons. So, like, it is one of those kind of divisions overall now. Like, even like, like some Edward Stone there, if he was to turn up here. Because even like, look at a long press here. He, he's not guaranteed to run here because they haven't entered into Tingle Creek as well. Like, that shows that even these trainers don't have a fucking clue where, <laughs> where they're going with, with the horses. In this division so yeah look Dean I'm happy to um happy to watch it all kind of unfold now at the moment but the one that I have my eye on is Lom Press but that's that's just about it well look you mentioned Edward Stone I just want to put it on the record I did say it just before you <laughs> that ever comes off but um Edward Stone's interesting because like what do they do with it it's obviously not going to be in the in the two mile two mile five division you take a punt at the King George I think and see what happens in front of you um, yeah, it's a big old price. Big probably on the exchanges than available elsewhere, but around 33 to 1. I don't know. I've, I've no great rush to steam in, but he, he does look like a profile of a horse that could uh, appreciate a crack at Kempton's three miles. Okay, uh, one final question on those markets before I move on. Fast or slow is now 5 to 1 for a gold cup. It's an open question. It's not even a question. It's a statement. Very short demo. Unbelievably short, Dean. I, I couldn't imagine wh- how you could uh, vindicate back in that anti-post. Um, he's been quite good, don't get me wrong. He's been very good. But you're still looking at, like, if William Mullins can get Galpin Deshaun's back, which these trainers can. I mean, Nelly Indo looked spent that season and he came back around a storm on that Gold Cup. Willie will have him. He will be tilting him to towards that Jerry Colomb is also he's still a grade one animal I'm just he's just not as good as I thought he was and that's probably just kind of itching the back of my head I think Long Press is a better horse than fast or slow uh Birdman's game looks done to me Shishkin no Gentleman's game seems a big price as well considering kind of maybe what he did but he can't be good enough either I mean yeah Dean it, it's he he deserves to be five to one but I think you'd want your head hey, check no, to be yeah. backing him at five to one anti-post anyway if we're going yeah to. I mean that You'd lay him at five to one. What price wouldn't you lay him at, Stephen? Fast or slow for a gold cup? I don't think I'd lay him at tens. I, 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 I believe a lot more in him now. Uh, but geez, he's on the go a long time. It's four years since he was jumping fences, so you'd wonder again. Will you know? Will he be past his peak by the time he gets to a gold cup in in March uh, at the age he is? Um, but. Yeah, I, I think five to one's very short, but everything's very short. And anti, like anti post betting, unless you're picking out big price ones it is very tough I think uh, even if he wins the Savills mm. what will he be he'll be 4-1 to one, won't he you yeah. know he'd be 9-2 so yeah I wouldn't be touching the fives Stage uh, Star is the other one Dean sorry that, I, that I'd love to see go for a Gold Cup I thought not, he was mesmerizingly not a, brilliant not a hope he'll go for the Gold Cup Do no, you know he won't unfortunately yeah. he won't unfortunately because Paul Nichols doesn't have the yard that, that he once had and having a Ryanair potential to Ryanair winner it is worth a lot to him, but the way Stage Star won that Paddy Power Gold Cup, he absolutely devoured him after making a mistake. I think he'd stay. Um, I think he could well be a Gold Cup, but he's definitely going to follow the um the fraud on path, isn't he? Yeah, I, I he he looks like he'd stay. He does everything so bleeding easy? His ears are all flicking around even while he's he's going at full pelt. He's an interesting horse, one that I now have a lot more time for than I did 
Uh, right, I'm going to throw some numbers at you here, right? These are these are the uh, RPR ratings of uh, Chase Debutants. 163 Gallop in the Shops, 160 Altior, 154 Bob Ollinger, 154 Sprinter Sacra, 153 Chacan Poursois, Duvan got a 153, Kato Star got a 152. Gaelic Warrior did a 158 on Chase Stadium. Um, are we talking about a potential Gold Cup horse of the future? He has his jumping uh, inadequacies, I would say, and also he's a nutter. Just the kind of horse that I like, Stephen. I never really loved this one. Yes, it was a fair all RPR now, but uh, that that chart you're looking at, Geno put that up, and uh, it was embarrassingly bad on Geno's part now because <laughs> he, on, like uh, well, El Fabiolo one sixty three last year, not on it. Uh, Dice Art Dynamo one fifty eight last year, not on it. Shishkin ran to about one seventy or something on debut, not on it. Look at those comparisons you have to throw out are so shallow and hollow like I, I'd forget about <laughs> it but he did put up a huge number deserved because I, I believe whatever the time is okay I'm not time time, time is okay and he won by a country mile but I, I I hated it now in terms of like he's four to one to win a novice chase at Cheltenham he he basically halved every single fence uh, they were the softest fences he jumped around and he was just flicking through it he didn't get a, he didn't give anyone any little bit of air it's not like and I don't mean an efficient low jumping technique he literally was halving every fence the way he was jumping through it uh, he didn't look like he had any scope to me did not like him one bit couldn't have him as a chaser I think Johnny Deneen threw him up as value at that four to one Stephen yeah. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, a big Johnny Deneen fan, less so David Jennings now after that table. He's a disgrace to himself. Do you know, but... he, that might have been his research. You know? I'm not sure DJ did that himself. I'm DJ give him did do it himself. He was texting me about it. I was, I was laughing at him. But, he, must uh, just, he must have just been tapping away on his, on his computer. Going, he was worried uh, he was going to get a bollocking off Richie Forrestal as well. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, no, I'm only slagging DJ. We're good friends. No, of course. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, Johnny, Johnny's a better judge than me. Um, but I would disagree with him on this one. Fair enough. Uh, Demo, did Gaelic Warrior impress you? Uh, yeah, from the point of view of I just keep underestimating this horse, and his engine impressed me. Like I saw people afterwards were they, that seems to be the way. Anyway, there's so many people just waiting with tweets of "Oh, what an airplane!" They were they were the same after Fasal Vega ran, and Fasal Vega did nothing that day at all. Yeah, Absolutely. Very overused emoji on red. Yeah, day. yeah, you know they're. they're just kind of waiting. I underestimate the horse because he's just got an unbelievable engine and he deserves he deserves more respect than I continually don't give him. You know, <laughs> I really don't. I just, I've never liked him. That might just come back to the fact that he just keeps jumping right around Cheltenham and that, you know, Cheltenham's not everybody. He's like, Beaver Salmon was still a brilliant horse. Oh, because... I'm amazed, Emma. He has such a fan club still after burning like literally every hype merchant's punting bet slips at Cheltenham Festival the first time we saw him. Yeah, but everybody last year seemed well, to be on it. Last year figures, well, there were still but... people putting them up as well for for the festival again. Yeah. Until Cheltenham goes right-handed, he's not winning at the festival. <laughs> it is as simple as that. He's very short. He's very short to go in in the longest chase this year. Uh, uh, Dean, sorry, yeah. just kind of one other one that really did impress me. And mm. um, we always have a mare to follow, always. Um, and in the Honeysuckle covers, I thought Halka de Taber was, abs- I think that's how you say it, but Halka de Taber was absolutely brilliant at Cork. She jumped. She attacked every fence so well. They've, they've punted her a few times last season. Um and they really rate her highly. Fences seems to be the absolute making of her. Obviously, if Impervious gets back, she's a bet, but Colin Murphy didn't sound overly positive on that. When you look ahead of her in the market, it's a Mare's Dyn- Chase. Mare's Chase, Chase, sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dino Blue is the is winner there for the taking. Good horse, but is there for the taking. Allegory Devasti falls 
in a hole. This is a really open division and 14 to 1 there about um, Halka de Taver, who was brilliant at Cork. Very similar starting point as Impervious had. Um, I think we're looking at a serious uh, Mare's Chase contender there, Dean. Very good. Decent price still available. We'll be able to reference that as we go through the year, hopefully, if she continues on the upward curve. Uh, uh, final comments before we do start talking about national hub racing in general and what kind of a farce, or is it a farce? Um, Shiskin. Turn the brakes on the weekend, Stephen. One of your uh... oh, I've no thoughts. I've been at the run order in case Dermot wanted to say anything, but uh, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be a horseman in the sense of knowing that they'll jump off if there's a a long time there or a whip to get them going. Um, but he's oh, always cattle looks... prod. There's always rumors of that before, though, isn't there? Like he's, bring the, bring he's the a the sour. Stick. He's a sour old yolk, and he always yeah, he's has sour been. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, though, I mean, he could turn up at the weekend with handicap of like 175, but he's still raised um, if, if it all goes ahead at Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. Look, the extraterrestrial does what he wants, wins when he wants. That's Shishkin. Okay. Let's talk, <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, the national hunt season in general because you can't escape it across, you know, the, the vermin that is racing Twitter. And we're obviously part of that. Um, it has, has the season become boring? Stephen, has it become boring? We, we, I, I wallowed away on this last week about Gornelia having you know hundred runners in a race and all the power in one yard and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I warbled on about we might get a walkover fight in fifth. We might get you know we're going to get some pretty disappointing drab action through the season. You gave out I think about everyone talking about Cheltenham this far out. It's exactly what we've just done. It's what everybody does. I kind of like that about the season. Go on, it's national boring. Um. Yeah, like yeah, on, on a, from a personal perspective, it it is the first, the, the Irish national hunt season in particular is very boring. I find the domination of the two yards, um, extremely dull. Like you know that Willie's going to to Punchestown and uh Leperstown and and Gordon's going to Down Royal and they they keep apart. Um, all the good horses are in those yards. Very dull. You have small fields in the UK and small fields in these good races. Uh, so yeah, I think it is, and I think something has to be done, and I see no reason why something can't be done because other sports do this all the time. Um, Reinvent if, themselves, you mean? Yeah, 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 and 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 the the, the common thread where we've ended up is Willie and Gordon dominating everything. Um, that's a huge problem, and what it's leading to is lack of competition. There's a bit of a notion that Willies always try against each other. If you want to go back and. That that race Thurlis today, there was a load of willies in it. And sure, you couldn't know which was which. If you want to have a bet in it, how could you have a bet in it? You know, how do you know? James de Burley went off three to one. The winner went off 15 to two. Um, I, I, I couldn't have a view on it anyway. I don't find Willie running against Willie running against Willie running against Willie, even if they're trying anyway interesting. Uh, Gordon any- and handicaps is probably a fair uh, analogy of the same thing. Like he had what, however many in that race yeah. the other weekend. Yeah. And, and he didn't know which one was going to win. 15 I have a few suggestions um, Let's go. Go which on. tie in together. Um, we have to reduce the number of races for a start. So there's clashes there, like that 1965 chase at the weekend. Shishkin 100% should have been in the bet for a chase. He's a 170 rated something Gold Cup horse. He shouldn't be able to go to Ascot and avoid them. So sport is all about having clashes um, and spectacles. And when they're, it can't just be a dance to Chelsea. You know, we should have when when we were all growing up, we used to have really exciting weekends we could look forward to where horses ran four or five times before Cheltenham. Um yeah. so that's what we have to promote. So one thing 
reduce the number of the big races. For example, in the Gold Cup, um, you have, let me see my notes now. I have this written down. Uh, you have, in Ireland, you'd have Down Royal, the John Durkin, definitely don't need the two of those, the Clamel Oil, uh, all before Christmas, and this Thurless race. You have four races for Gold Cup horses before Christmas in Ireland. Yeah. One would be enough, two would be enough. Then you have Tremor, the Savage Irish Gold Cup. So you have seven kind of races in Ireland. In the UK, you have the Charity Hall, the Betfair, the Old Roan, the 1965 Chase, the Hennessy, arguably the rehearsal, maybe not, the Paddy Power, arguably, the King George, the Pillar Chase, the Denman Chase. Um, You've 11 races there. Now, I reckon, and we were talking about this earlier, there's probably around 20 horses less than 200 to 1 for the Gold Cup. So there's kind of 20 to 25 contenders that might emerge. And there's 18 races between them before Cheltenham. Um, we have to change the program, book to force them into competing against each other. That's number one. Uh, number two, horses should be forced to have a minimum number of runs before Cheltenham. Um, it sounds extreme. I don't think it is. Like, look at no, soccer. I, I wouldn't say that's extreme. I think that's no. sensible. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. So, so if you look at different sports, soccer... Um, the Champions League emerged uh, into group stages because people want to see the good teams playing against each other. Even GA, a slow-moving glacial sport to move sometimes. like It may, it looks like Formula 1 compared to horse racing anyway in terms of how it moves. <laughs> um, th- like we've way more games now in GA. Uh, whether it's good or bad or you like it, uh, it's, it, you know, GA, certainly Gaelic football, popular has ever been. Um, TV audience is really strong. Uh, it's the talk of all Ireland when it's on. So, they, more games, more of a spectacle. And the one I really, really look at uh, is golf, uh, which, like, golf looked to be dying before Tiger. Now, Tiger came along and rescued the sport in a way, but now it's, everyone seems to be obsessed with golf and betting on golf uh, because they, the PGA Tour is the be-all and end-all rather than Cheltenham. The majors aren't even the be-all and end-all. Uh, the, every week, you have massive competition, and the way they're doing it is they have these designated events that you have to play in X number of events, or you're not in the FedEx Cup, you're losing your bonuses, and so on and so forth. And it is making great entertainment every week. So I would say, number one, reduce the number of races. Number two, minimum number of runs. Minimum three, minimum. And if you don't make it, you're gone. Forget about it. And if your trainers, if it doesn't suit their training style, or it doesn't suit that breed of horse, the breed will change, the trainers will change. So be it. Uh, number three, trainers. I, I mean, we've loads of protection in terms of in some sports, like NFL has the draft system to level the playing field. Soccer, which is driven by money even more than racing, has financial fair play. Everton were docked 10 points or whatever it was the other day. Like, why can't we have protectionism in terms of the number of horses trainers have? I would uh, agree with that. And I would say that they should have a max three or four runners per race. Now, this is where you t- it ties in. If you'd less races horses had to run and you could only have a max three per trainer owners will have to start sending those horses to other trainers because if you only had five or six races before the gold cup and you had to run in three of them and your trainer could only run three you can't send them all to garden you can't send them all to willie you'll have to spread it around so if you take small steps that tie in together not just a trainer can have four runners not just a little change to the program it's going to have to be joined up thinking um Another thing I think we could do as a sport, get rid of bumpers, complete waste of time. They're 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 running a point to points, they're coming off the flat. We don't need bumpers full stop. Um that's another point. And I I I've seen absolutely no argument for keeping them. Uh you could keep them for three year olds, maybe something like that. Uh I think you could have bonus schemes for and bonus races for smaller trainers only where they can run against each other. That's a small point. Um and I think if you want to get really radical, you 
the way we're running them, point to point season, bumpers, novice, if you want to keep all that, you have to get rid of novice chases. Uh, because they're six seasons before, five seasons before they get running an open company. So you can run novice chases before Christmas and that's it, gone. Now, I love the article as much as the next man, but maybe there's a price we have to pay if we don't take the other measures that are needed. But look, that's just a few. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, It's just a few practical suggestions. One other thing, finally, sorry. And the three-day festival, it looks like the horse is bolted there. But look, Charge people two hundred pounds a day to go in for three days. I'll happily pay that. That I don't doesn't have to be four days, and that the the quality uh, increases. But that's only Cheltenham. To be honest, I want to see more horses running throughout the season. And what I'm suggesting is more about that. So that's my little rant on my pedestal I've had. Um, yeah, that that there there's some proactive measures I think sport could take. Uh, don't think they will, but just some ideas. To me, so much of that is gold, Stephen, and music to my ears. But the chances of it, anything like that happening just seems so remote when we have the people in charge of the sport that we currently have who come up with weird and wonderful ideas that are all not well, not really aimed at suiting the... Uh, at but they're not weird the and wonderful. They're not. You know, other sports do this all the time. Yeah, like, every season are bringing in new rules, completely yeah. new rules. Like look, 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 look at what darts did, even snookers did uh, through the Hearns. I mean, if Hearns got their hands on, on horse racing, imagine what had happened. I'm not saying I think I'd that's like what's that, needed, but... though, isn't it? Something like that has to happen because I don't think you have the the people in any kind of decision-making process in uh, in various horse racing authorities that will ever come up with ideas like this, Stephen. It's almost too... Uh... Well, there's a lot of factions in racing. Trainers, like the, the trainers who scream loudest and who'd have the, loud, the biggest say um, would be dead against this, you know, because the, the powerful trainers are the ones that would be affected because they lose more yeah, horses. Yeah, not going to want to give but, up but, 100 but, horses from Yeah, that. but something has to be done because I, I really do feel... Uh, the sport it's worrying for the sport just just the way it's going Um, now I still love it I'm not bored by it like I say but the race themselves are a, a bit boring then you race like the the Carl Gold Trophy this weekend like a fantastic race more of that please like that that's the thing yeah. and, and, and it's fantastic because as a spread of trainers it's competitive field it's exciting so all we need is more of that simple as all we need is more of that look there were a few there were a few I pick out from what you were saying there about the program just needed to be limited the, the three runs pre-Cheltenham, I think, is a given. I don't know why anyone tolerates a horse being just uh, kept back and held up for just one day when we can see it all year round. Even as an owner, I would be uh, in favour of that, even if I thought it was his best chance. I'd want my horse to run. Um, and I put them I put them up there. And the Cheltenham argument you made about the idea of, you know, but put it back to three days and charge more. I've been saying that for years because they've just diluted it so much that it's actually become a hardship. To, to people to go it's not going to happen though keeping it at four is more of a, a battle that's a battle in itself now three days yeah. is not happening no matter what happens it's just not happening no no agreed agreed yeah. agreed I can't see it um, unless like we were saying you end up with a completely different ownership at decision making level in in the in this game uh, we're not going to get it Damo did you want to say anything on that before I do move this on to uh, what should be happening this weekend no no like I, I not particularly no like I completely agree with everything Cass has said I've been saying it the last few weeks like there's there's 47 horses last season in the UK rated 150 or above and you've got these races that they're trying to throw them all into consistently over the season just doesn't work there isn't enough of a field there we're allowing all of these very good three and four year olds to be sold off to Australia and Hong Kong there's no battle to keep them it means that the top level of our sport is tinning and tinning it means that handicaps are much more important are, are much more feasible to the crop of horses 
there is there. And we're in this one big, massive race towards the bottom. And there's nobody safeguarding our sport. There's nobody safeguarding the very top level. I agree with Kat. It's great to have the Coral Gold Cup and all these races there, but they're all handicaps. We have enough horses for that. The real level that that, that needs protecting now and needs to be properly minded is the top level. We're, we don't have enough horses now for it. And when we do, they're all with Gordon or they're all with Willie Mullins. Um, Alan Jones had his first winner yesterday for a year. And after the race, he said that horse racing is in a very difficult spot now. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, but he said horse racing is in a very difficult spot now. He said, we are funded by owners and punters. He said, owners are battling for ever diminishing prize money. And when they want to have a bet on their, um, they're being factored within an, in- an inch of their life or, um, or they're being asked, obviously, to provide documents, etc. When you've got the two main factors and people in your sport, the two main bodies that are struggling massively to either get money on or or to get money out of the sport, we're in this massive race towards the bottom. The top level is is fucked. It's basically fucked. And 47 horses in all the UK, and, and the majority of them in Paul Nichols and Nicky Henderson's yard as well. It's a massive problem, and... Reducing the fixture list. The reason why they're all avoiding that is that basically, the first of all, the IHRB are in a mess of their own. They're they're in front of the Oireachtas now at the moment in Ireland, and they've got financial problems of their own. They're not going to be big recommending time. it. They're not going to be recommending any big changes. And in the UK, it's all about nearly being elected and being the most popular person in the room. Coming forward with suggestions like this will lead to jobs losses. It will lead to race courses having to let people go. And yeah, yeah. Them, it would lead to less race courses. I mean, yes, you know, most so like of them, them are kept, have the kept alive by media rights, right? That's yeah. what they're kept alive by. It's not people through the door because they price themselves out of even wanting people there. I think it costs them more to have a load of people, of course, than they'd be bothered yeah. to spend. So, uh, just no, I'm going to race towards the bottom, and it only is a massively radical thought that that'll fix the sport. And I just don't, unfortunately, I sadly don't don't see it coming any day now. And uh, Stephen, you said, you know, you're not bored with national racing. But I tell you what, there's a lot of people disillusioned with it in general. If it takes, what, two, best part of two months to get 100,000 signatures to stop affordability checks, shows you that they were already here. And we know we're not going to stop nothing, whether we sign a piece of paper or not. And uh, yeah, it's it's all in a bit of a, a, bit of a horlicks. Um, okay. Nice segue into what's coming this weekend, I think, as we get stuck in uh, to some decent racing. God willing that it's on, of course. I did notice at Newbury tomorrow, you might see the next great white hope, which is Jericho de Repine. Uh, that could be out for Nikki Henson. And Hermes Allen has a chasing debut uh, lined up there as well. Um, if they race there Friday, Stephen, I saw you put this on Twitter, uh, they probably won't race there on Saturday. Yeah, my understanding normally is if they take off those covers, the they're hard to get back down, and the coal gets into the into the ground quicker, and it's you know that that that's it then for the next day. That that's definitely happened in other race courses before, but I'm sure I could yep. be talking shite. Um, but sure, we might as well quickly we'll rattle through this in case it's off. Uh, but we're going uh, we're we're going to Newbury Friday first in case it's on, so and then Fairy House, and then back to Newbury and Newcastle because we're going to presume Saturday might not be on. Is that the way we're going to do it? Ah, uh, sure. That, that that works for me. Like I picked up a couple of horses there on Friday that I thought were interesting to watch. I don't think either of them will be uh, betting options, but perhaps. What are they, Dean? Now I'm I'm certain no one listens to this podcast for your tips, Dean. But you fire ahead. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's totally fair. Um, yeah, Hermes Allen. I wouldn't say it was a tip now, but he's obviously going to go in the John Franklin Novice Chase, the Grade Two there, um, and I 
think they might get four or five turn up for it. Colonel Mustard is going to be uh, chasing for Lorna Fowler. Um, but yeah, Hermes Allen's got to be on a lot of people's list for a horse to uh, to get involved with over Norwich Chase. So say that goes for Harry Cobden. Hermes Allen, he kind of is the stage star, you know, went to Cheltenham disappointed having had a savage novice campaign. He could be, you know, I, I know everyone says he's small or whatever. There's plenty of good chasers that were small. Yeah. Uh, so he could be a bit of a stage star, couldn't he? Well, it could be. And certainly one to, one to be watching if they get racing. And the other one is this Jericho de Refinade, this point winner that they keep saying is the uh, is the next big thing out of Nicky Henderson chart. There was one last year that was uh, Jet Powered who shot to the top of different markets. That's also ended up over the weekend. Keep an eye on that. But uh, yeah, they were the two I was going to play. Oh, I, don't, I didn't think there was a bet on the card, Stephen, did you? Uh, uh, sorry, what was the, the question? Newbury Friday. I didn't think there was a bet on the card. <laughs> oh, right. a bet on the card. Um. I thought nickel back against Hermes Elena. Probably just chance him at four to one. Uh, he jumps really well. He's going to go off in front. Um, he's already running to 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 high one forties. Hermes Elena's going to have to be good to catch up with him uh, on daily. So I chance nickel back at four to one. Uh, didn't think there was any bet with the the three mile hurdle. I I don't think Marie's Rock will stay three miles. That's the only thing. But then Dashiell Drasher, I'm not sure he quite stays either, even though he was second in a in a stairs hurdle. And Paisley Park's eleven, so yeah, no, no, no bet on that one. But I, I would back Nickelback at four to one. Um, that's the only bet I'd have. Fair enough. I do know someone who does think Marie's Rock stays the trip. It's Dermot Nolan. Yeah, he ran well in a relative hurdle, which is you know nearly there. Um, but I wouldn't be backing her odds on. She's a mentor. I definitely wouldn't be be backing her those odds. I mean, she she. She's either uh, she's a typical woman. She's up and down every second day. So the um, you know, so yeah, just now I'd be happy enough to. Uh... Typical woman. That's disgraceful, Grandma. Yeah. By the way, that's going to get I'm, clipped up. I'm, yeah, yeah, clipped no, up. I'm in a house no, at the no, moment no, no. with a, I'd rather... with a seven month old daughter who's just not sleeping at the moment, not sleeping at all, and um, my my wife and I aren't getting on. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the comments yeah. of Dermot Nolan do not uh, do not <laughs> represent Casinco anyway. I can tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor gambling.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely true. Um, yeah, there's a uh, Highlands also out there. Oh, come on, you've looked at this Thursday, this Friday card at Newbury. You must find something. No, I, I absolutely hate that card. I think it's 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 Jeez. a terror. It's an interesting card from a watching point of view, but there there is not a punt on that card. There's a horse, um, Woodo. Do you remember him? The that horse, the 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 filly that won at Down Royal for Gordon Elliott, the three year old race. Yes, I do. I, She's odds on now, and I'd say she's fairly average. So you, you, I'd be mad keen. Now, I don't know the English form. I would have liked one Virginia Lodge, but she's not running. So if you could find something against her, a little bit of dirty each way, uh, yep. I'd be mad keen to take her on. That's in the list of juvenile 115. Yeah. It's currently six to four. Oh, you're right, Stephen. Yeah, indeed. Uh, all right. What about then? Um, let's let's do a little jump across the water and we'll have a look at Fairy House on Saturday. A couple of horses I thought were interesting uh, go in the Oprah, I think. Three three car brags in the novice chase that kicks us off against Monty uh, Star, you know yeah yeah against Monty Star, but also a couple of horses that you know might be a strangle off between these two we have Nathala and Corbett's cross <laughs> to, to see oh my god gets. Nick Rocket isn't that a, that's an unbelievable race it's a good Nick race, Rocket as well yeah yeah Nick Rocket can have a weapon yeah um I don't I, I might even take the stroll down the road just to go and watch that one in the flesh um that's very good normally I'll be there over the two days um but yeah, I'm fascinated by that opening chase. Um, and you, of course, have got Ballydan is going to run at 12.50. Probably won't matter what trip that runs at. That is supposed to be God reincarnated. Then Riss Bell, one of yours, is on the card there, man, the grade three. And I did find uh, Tony Martin Steamer for the 3.10. 
Stephen, before we get to them, why don't you tell me what you're going to be getting up to at Fairy House on Saturday? If it, you know, Fairy House should be on. I only live down the road. It's all right then. Well, the, the the most interesting one for me, uh, just just on a personal level, I'm good friends with the owner. Helvick Dream runs uh, a Group One winner on the flat, running over hurdles uh, in the twelve fifty against Ballyburn. Now Ballyburn is Ballyboat. I'm convinced he's really slow. I mean, beaten Irish Panther, like he's freaking useless. This is the most overhyped person I've Irish ever Panther heard. For the Ballymote. Yeah, he's <laughs> Irish Panther is a complete fraud of a horse. He's actually is he running today? He's running today, so we might see how he gets on. He'd probably win now because that 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 always happens. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm I reckon Ballyburn is an absolute boat now, and and if Helvick Dream stays, Helvick Dream will be eight eight. To one now, Firefox would be second favorite. It'd be something like ten to eleven, Ballyburn, eleven to four, Firefox, eight to one, Helvic Dream. If Helvic Dream jumps, uh, um, he could do them all for toe. Now that'd be really interesting. Uh, but Firefox looks a good horse as well, so I'd probably have a right bet in Firefox each way because he's going to be in the tree and he's going to be second favorite against Ballyburn. They might go the sneaky five to two that you can't really back in each way. You know, I'd always kind of be three to one as my eleven to four, three to one. I'd back them each way. But anyway, I'm kind of. Rambling raw mace here, but that that's a right race as well. Jesus, great card. I, to be honest, you know, I hadn't even really looked at it now. I'm only scrolling down through. Hey, us. look, look, Fairy House. This weekend, the Fairy House is is where the where the pros are watching this weekend. That's the that's the fact. You might all be interested in going on over at Newcastle and Newbury, but Fairy House has the uh, as the right ones there. Hell Dreams is interesting. Shout no mead Sam Ewing in that twelve fifty against Ballyburn. Then it won't matter what trip Ballyburn turns up. It's going to get a freebie up front, and they're just going to let it go and do its thing. I know Steve has just said the opposite. Yeah, and all I know is what Ballyburn properly was after he won last season. Brian Hayes, we were doing his blog, and Brian Hayes made sure to put in that that he hadn't seen Patrick Mullins come home that day, buzzing at, after a racehorse a bumper winner and. A year or two, anyway. Not that obviously he's on very good ones all the time, but that he Gets definitely, you, yeah. pretty much, definitely would have rode him in the champion bumper last season. Had the owner, the owner stopped them going to the, for whatever reason. I, I did lost a horse before Cheltenham or something, but the um, so he could be very good. But again, yeah, kind of that's a watching breeze. A bit go to Dean. I thought Riss Bell would be one for one of the big handicap hurdles over Christmas. Uh, Mark one hundred thirty four, but still. Gets quite a lot of weight here from Nuzret. Um, and she's just, she's a good horse. That was a decent Fred Winter, I think, as well. As good as they get, anyway. Um, and then the opener, yeah, I can't wait for that beginner's chase. Um, I do think Monty Starr is very, very good. I think he's he was he was always going to be a chaser. He's only six years old as well, so he's gone over fences at a very good time. Um, well, you're going to get uh, a price, Thermo, I can tell you that. I reckon he, he will, yeah. He'll be, four, will. he'll be fourth in in the bet. Yeah. Yeah, so he'll have to be seven to one anyway if you fancy him. And the the only thing it will be the trip might be sharp enough for, but the I still think he's a proper racehorse. Henry lets them go as well, really. So yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to him as well, you know. Monty Star and the wrist bell, of course, is in that two thirty five Grade Three Saturday uh, at Fairy House. I thought there was a very interesting horse, and if I'm at the course, I'll be getting uh, inv- oh, I'll probably get involved anyway. But that Sanderbag that came over. Um, to Tony Martin's last yard last year is in the handicap at 310. Um, rating of 113. I'm pretty sure they were trying to tee that up for a good crack at something at Cheltenham. Didn't happen. I reckon this might win here and head on its way for a bit of Christmas. Of 113, hunting. it definitely wasn't happening anyway. No. <laughs> Jeez, um, they, they really over overshot their mark there, didn't they? <laughs> so can't always go to plan. 
Uh, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'd be surprised though if it can't operate off that. <laughs> we'll put it that way. And uh, yeah, Ryan Moore wrote it last day at York when they when he pitched up um, in August. Um, Cooper had all the steering duties before that, trying to get it to the festival. And obviously the horse didn't consent. But you know, twelve months is a is a long time. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in that Heskins on board demo, and uh, I'd imagine that might be uh, that might be a punt for three ten. That's where I'd be going. Okay, shall we move on then from Fairy House? Should we do Fairy House Sunday? Do Fairy House Sunday, Mexico? and we'll do it quickly, and then we'll do it quickly do Anthem. Yeah. Then the listeners can tune out there if they want. Let's do that. First one in the running order for Fairy House Sunday is the Juvenile Race, but like there really is very little to go on. But Stephen, you're a man with your uh, ear close to the ground. Anything of interest in this? Uh, Bunch of three-year-olds. His head up his arse more like than his ear. Did his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when I do my when I do my squats, <laughs> uh, the juvenile. No, uh, Willie Willie won it last year. He just has one entry. Batman and Chirac. Um, Gordon has three entries. He's won three of the last five. Uh, Woodrow is going, so it's going to be Calaconte. I I would say she could be his one. Uh, Caliosan. Looked a bit slow, I thought. Calaconte beat absolutely nothing at Nace, but looked very good. Um, so she'd be interesting. Nara as well won a listed hurdle, I think, in France uh, for Henry de Bromhead. But we don't have the entry, so we'll, we'll fly through that. Um, the Porter's Town, I thought, was impossible, like a lot of these stay in handicap chases, because Elliot has loads in it. Uh, I'll wait to see the final field for that one. The Bar one, the, the, the Royal Bond, um, very... Very, uh, it's not a race I can ever get a handle on. To be honest, I, I always find one run and then into a Grade One very tricky. Um, I was quite impressed with October, maybe not as much as everyone else, but I think he should be favourite over in Canto Bruno. So if both of them line up. Um, I'd be more in the October camp. Uh, Henry Love is the only one run one run off Slade Steel in October, so I'd probably go on October. Uh, in that race and in the Drinmore. I think two to one. Let's be clear about it. Is a good price. Uh, even though he's an eight-year-old, I think he looks by far the best of that field so far over fences in terms of who is going to run. Uh, I'd imagine it to be him. Found a fifty, uh, Sharjah. That'll be about it. There'll be Maya Maximus might be out for a spin. So I think two to one. Let's be clear about it. Is a good bet in the Drinmore because he's been by far the most impressive um, of these so far over fences. In Hatton's Grace, then I. Will be a really good looking race. Uh, Imperial Pass versus Teopo. I'd imagine Irish Point won't run. Um, I wouldn't sleep on Astro Diamond either. I thought she was hugely impressive in winning her grade three and her grade one. Uh, it'd be a big step up for her, but she looks quick. Um, she loves Fairy House, so I wouldn't sleep on her either. And I just have a little a little question mark over Imperial Pass. Yes, he was awesome at Cheltenham. Did he flash his tail a little bit up the run at Cheltenham? And then he looked very moody, very sour at Punchestown like there's no way down the back and turn in you thought he was going to win he won well in the end uh, beating high definition by about seven lengths but I I have a little question mark about him and Willie's comments afterwards are very interesting and if you'll bear with me actually I'll click into him and get the quote Um, and I, I just wonder is this fella going to be a moody fucker because he used to do anything he used to show anything at home uh, Willie said that before back in January last year then he was working the lights out then he was working the lights out again going to punch down and he ran rotten so I uh, not not ran rotten he won of course but um, Willie said would you have backed him turning in me neither Imperial Pass didn't impress me at all I'm delighted he won it by so far but during the race he was not impressed with me he didn't look like he was enjoying it and maybe Cheltenham took much more out of him blah 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 now they might have him sweet they might have sweetened him up and so on but if a horse is moody like that and has shown signs of it 
I'd just be wary of it. That's just something to watch out for with Imperi Pass. Um, rather than me saying it next week that you know he is always a Moody Olyoke. I think you know he's unbeaten, but maybe he is a Moody Olyoke, and and it'd be interesting to see. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean he's good about what seven four on or something like that. Uh, Tupu will be second favorite, imagine. And uh, and then it's Rags after that, and I'm including some good horses calling them Rags against uh, Imperi Pass. Then, but that card on Saturday, uh, Stephen's wrapping through it there. If we skip over the juvenile, because we're going to find out more uh, from watching it than doing anything else. Uh, did anything impress you in the Porters Town or in the Royal Bond or in the Drimmore? Small field for the Drimmore this year, but it's, it's high quality. I, I always like the Drimmore's when you turn up at Fairy House and it's 15 and then they've all got uh, big futures in front of them. We don't have that this year. No, uh, but again, this just goes back to the tinning of the top class herb. We just don't have as many good ones as we used to have. But uh, the Porters Town called the tune was uh, very unlucky in the Cork Grand National, uh, beating the short head by Sir Bob. Um, but was was hampered quite badly coming into the last there under Michael O'Sullivan. Called the tune should yep. have won that race. Uh, Sir Bob was a really well landed punt by uh Robert Tyner. Um, a name that listeners will know that I've stopped uh, stopped tipping horses from. But no, we haven't still, had his name uh, mentioned for a while. A very adept trainer on his day. Uh, but called the tune. Um, he's been second now three times in a row, but he's 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 getting there. And Barry Connell, when he starts to really home in on one like this, it's uh, they tend to win. I think this is one of the the poorest um, Porterstown we've seen in a long time. Like it, it's 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 genuinely not great. So him off one hundred and twenty four, there he's guaranteed to run. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. I'd be quite confident. Yeah, that that's if he does turn up um, call the tune and takes the world of stopping there, regardless of what Gordon Elliott tries to throw at it. Um, in the Royal Bond, I'm happy to take on the front of the market completely, but the one run thing is cast said. But I really liked what Fasal uh, Mo did at Cork. Um, made a Horlicks of the tr- uh, three hurdles out, but bar that, just, just looked like a serious engine. Thomas Mullins, who be quite be the quietest of the Mullins, let's say, he... Um, really effusive about this horse afterwards and was just kind of saying that the horse was schooling really well at home. He was disappointed with his jumping. He'll have to get that together, but mentioned the Royal Bond straight away after the race as well. Um, yep. Fasa mode for me at 7-1 to one does look a decent bet there. In the Drinmore, I completely agree with Cass. Let's be clear about it. Is uh, is clear at ease. Um, I think found a 50 wants to go up. I, I'd say he's more likely to run in a, a three-mile sixer than a JLT at the festival. Um and then well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What price will factor file be for the Brown Advisory when American Mike wins the Dream World? He won't be in the Dream World. He won't run it. He wouldn't be ten to one if he was running. And factor file, yeah, he's grand. He he's a fine horse, but I wouldn't be die, uh, hanging my cap off him, Dean. He's uh he was putting his place fairly pretty well today. Impera Pass, he's um yeah, he, he it might be sour, but he's still the best horse there. Uh, the fact that Willie Mullins was talking straight away after Cheltenham as in, let's have a pop at Constitution Hill would tell you exactly what he thinks of him. And then finally, in the 310, uh, I, I love these handicap hurdles. Absolutely love them. Um, I thought Foxy Girl was given a really bad ride at Downright. Um, She ran through really well laid on behind Magic Tricks. Magic Tricks were up towards the front of the market. I'd like her... And I also would like Jeff Kidder when they eventually do put him into a handicap hurdle as well. I, I think he definitely has a, a decent race in him. He hasn't run a handicap since uh, since running to Fred Winter all, all those years ago. But Foxy Girl for me at uh, 10 stone 6, 125, I think she she should 
she should go much closer than she did down the hold up tackles were a bit over the top um, so I think she'll um, she definitely has a big chance there but call the tune Dean if he runs in that 12.25 at Ferry House yeah I, I or sorry 12.55 absolutely love him really do in the Porters Town, yeah, fair play. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a main uh, shout. I've got some previous with a few of these. Uh, Ballier stock, I'll probably go for in the Royal Bond if it turns up. I will be taking on top of that market um, and having to go with that. Uh, I did fancy uh, Tiupu against Imperi Pass at the prices, but I'll see how they line up there. Um, and where else they go? Oh, of course, the blinds in that three ten then. Always time to get your money back. Always. It's always an opportunity. Do you know, like, you could actually just set up a bot to back all the horses, the same horses <laughs> every week. You put your 50 horses in, automate your whole system, your whole season, and you don't have to do at them. How, how do you think I, I do it? That's how I do it. Yeah. He's not even that's hosting that's today. That's, that's, that's just open this AI is, there. This is just AI. <laughs> <laughs> I just go to chat GPT. What horses yeah, with yeah, Dean yeah. Ryan back this weekend? Yeah. And then it, it spits them all out of me. Running all doing everything Dean's out his boxers off camera just shouting at us as if it's some, some AI model he has. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, that was very us. It's going to be a belter and it's going to be on, I would say. So we should all be good there. Of course, it is the old Hennessy, the Coracle Cup, uh, this weekend at Newbury. If the weather permits, I'm going to get sick of saying it. Uh, Stephen Cass, I've got to start with you because you put up a horse at a very decent price earlier in the season. Marla Mission, um, very likely golf favourite. Um, yeah, he probably won't on the day. I'd imagine complete unknown will. Um, just because Nichols much more solid profile. Uh, you know, secondary kilometre entry and so on. It look it look fairly good, but he's never actually won over three miles. Um, I don't think he's as good a horse as Marla Mission. Thing with Maller Mission, I mean, I was putting them up uh, a good few weeks ago. It's it's the John McConnell form. They're just running rotten. Now, the only thing is Maller Mission has run really well already this season, so I'm holding out hope. But I actually, if we were doing this pot afresh, I don't think I would tip them up at 7-1. to one. I couldn't. What would you tip up form. today, Stephen? Uh, I would tip up El Dorado Allen. Uh, I thought he ran a cracker at Ascot because Freddie Gingell gave him one of the worst rides you'd ever see unless he was getting him fit for this, which he probably was because... Tizard said it in a stable tour that he's going to have one spin before the Hennessy. Uh, he's down to 154 now, and I think he's dangerously handicapped. You could see at Ascot, loads of the ability still there. Um, if you look at him compared to Midnight River, he's a £9 swing for nine lengths at entry. Last year, he was second at the Bedford Chase, second at the Charlie Hall, fourth in the King George. Uh, loves Newbury, beat Royal Pagai there in the Denman Chase. Very consistent. Uh, 154, he's a bit like when Carruthers won it. Do you remember he was kind of the class I did. Kind of a gold gold cup outsider class horse coming back down the weights. Uh, one time he was rated oh high one sixties or certainly one sixty five anyway. Um, so he's still only is he eight or nine? He's not he's not too old anyway. Uh, he's nine just, now. Yeah, yeah. And if he was off level weights with those ones around one fifty two, one fifty four, he's every bit as good at them, and he's twenty five to one. So if if it's on El Dorado Allen, I have copious notes. I could talk about all the horses in this race, but I won't because it probably won't be on. Um, so, but El Dorado Allen would be the one I'd back. Fair play, fair play. Marlon Mission in the book from earlier on uh, in the season, and El Dorado Allen would be your poke right now at the prices. Makes sense, Dermo. Uh Yeah, I followed Stephen Cassian on, on Maller Mission. I, I don't like agreeing with Stephen on anything, but I, I found myself a few times. Back in the classic getaway. I just, I just never, I never do. Yeah. But uh, definitely have followed him in on this horse. So I, I'll be cheering on my mission. Very similar logic for me, but I think Zanz is a huge price in a 22 oh, to one. God. Uh, oh my God. Really, really do. 
this horse is a pig everywhere, but not a pig. Sorry, I'm in really bad form. I haven't slept well in a few days. So I have to preempt that previous comment I made about women as well. I'm probably going to be cancelled over that. But anyway, uh, the, uh, I'm in foul humour. But uh, 22 to 1 for a horse who won a Denman chase here last season. Um, he's, he's giving three pounds to Maller Mission. He's nine years old. He's been to all the dances here at, at Newbury. He tends to always deliver here. He'll be racing around mid-div. He'll come through late. Uh, Philip Hobbs and Jonathan White and uh, Johnson White, sorry, seem to be having a decent season. Dean, I've never backed Zanza before. You know that I always slag you about Zanza, but a 22 to 1 for a horse that came here and won a grade two last season. And because of um a high senior, his mark is is or sorry, his weight is absolutely unreal. So um Zanza for me here is um yeah, I think he's a a cracking person 22. Never never thought I'd hear you say that ever, Dan. But look, let's test the AI theory here very quickly, right? Assuming I'm going to have at least a tenner on Santa, okay? Just assume that, Dan. Uh, if you were my AI bot here at this point, what horse have I come down on? Bearing in mind that my anti-post pick, Beauport, was taken out of the final declaration. Oh, do start. So do start. Do start. 100%. Do start. <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do start. Yeah, why not? I think he was... Um, he had all sorts of problems last year. If you go back to what we all thought Dusart was going to be, he'd yeah. be very interesting in here at 10 stone 13. And there he is, eight years old. God, we were bullish behind Dusart as well, weren't we? Going mm-hmm. into that Cheltenham, uh, the race won by Long Press, considering he was 20 to 1, it was a fairly bullish outpace. It was a wrong, it was wrong as well. We have to stress that, but it was uh, <laughs> it was a very bullish out. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, look, let's, let's put it this way. And this is a Stephen Cass mantra as well, right? If he wins this, He's going for the Gold Cup. So I'm quite happy to back him to win this and then another go at his Gold Cup on time for that because he'll be a, a big player. I think he's got every chance of 10 stone 13. He would have been my second pick in the race. I can't knock back Zanza. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, was there anything it's else? Fair that's... to see now. You're go also on. going to back Stolen Silver, our power, probably remastered. No, no. A hoist no, or Michael no, no, none of them. <laughs> Stephen Cass has been a very bad picture here, Dean. No, never been a fan of any of those. Seen around outside Ladbrokes there in Rathode looking for a cigarette butt on the floor as well. (laughs) If anyone can get on online, it has to be Dean, in fairness. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're going low now, Stephen. But look, look, we'll move on. Um, It's true. No, no, I'm sorry. You're a very good host. It's fine, thanks. You're a very good host. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I did mention as well. I mean, that Saturday card, uh, again, if it's on, uh, Jet Powered would be interesting. Uh, me, if that turns up in the 140 after all the hype train was after it last year, I'd imagine that's going to have a, a lot of fun. And Handy Gap starts up on 131. Um, I did see Ponta del Dermo's mate, is, um, is entered up against one that I like. Bad. Thermo, that's a that's a very hot race. The yeah, bad, bad by name and bad by nature, isn't it? The um, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, Punta del Este. I saw him last. I happy to happy to give up on him now. Yeah, completely, utterly. Just the kind of rest of the card quickly. Really looking forward to seeing what Jet Powered, how good he was. Dean, he was a. Uh, they thought he was a great one animal at one point. You should follow me in there, right? Yeah, you know he's he's one hundred and thirty-one, the one fifty-five at Newcastle. Um, just wanted to say, I think Benson can give Constitution Hill a proper. Ah, race. that's in my notes, Dan. <laughs> that's in my notes. Is Benson the only one to topple Constitution Hill in the fight? 
<laughs> you did say that, that the only thing that could get constitution off the bridle was a car. Well, Benson is a car. That's what he is. He's Love a, it. He's a Love machine. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constitution Hill, of course, going for that procession of the fine fifth up against the mighty Benson. I saw Seal Nez is going to get a couple of stones from Shishkin in the rehearsal chase, and he's gone now to Ben Haslam. And have fun with that one uh, in time. Stephen, did you have anything across Newcastle and Newbury cards that if it's on, you would be on? Yes, loads. I did loads of work because you never do any work for it on Monday or Tuesday, but I've all the work done, so I might as well r- rattle through it. 140, uh, Irish Hill against Jet Powered. Um, he won a good soft at Ascot last year. Um, it's good soft here now. And at that run at Ascot, he'd be too friendly, petite on air, home public. He's only a pound higher than that after being 10th in the Martin Pipe. He went to Kempton and got a very soft ride to be fourth in a Pretemps qualifier. Probably still needs to go up a bit anyway if he's going to run at the Pretemps. So... 129, Cobden on board, 9-1. to one. I like that. Uh, the Jerry Field and under control of Nikki's, she's obviously even money or whatever. Um, she's won it, of course. The former Sandown win beating Iberico Lord. Very impressive. Uh, she's tiny, though. She's tiny. But it's not a million that she would turn into a champion hurdle horse. The last Nikki horse to run in this off 137 was... Epitaph, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, God, they're they're they're, they're quite similar, uh, under control in Epitaph. And um, she put she put a Berica Lord away last season. Um, I was going to say that as well afterwards. Not about the champion hurdle. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to claim she, that far. She, she but hammered him, yeah. she hammered him. Yeah, yeah. Now he was coming back at the line, but she the race put to bed. Uh, yeah. jumping the last at Sandown, which isn't easy. And but the one, if I was to back one against her, uh, I would back actually Punta del Est. Uh, like he never got into the booth. Fine. Yeah, he, he went to Ascot, beaten 10 lengths by Blue King Daru. Um, that's not as bad a run as it looked. No, that's um, good now. And he, like, he as good as won that race at Weatherby. We were watching, well, no, we weren't. We were talking on WhatsApp as they jumped off with that race at Weatherby when he was second. And I said, this race is all over there after giving, uh, who was the horse now? I'll just click in. the Richmond Lake. They gave Richmond Lake a complete freebie, let him go off 10 lengths in front. Um, so Punta de Lest, I think, was p- probably the best horse in the handicap of that. So you're getting a winner without a penalty, if you ask me. And he was he's a, he's a massive price. Um, and it wasn't in the, the, the Skeleton Stable Tour there during the week either, which <laughs> I like. But um, he's 14th there now. He was 20s. But uh, I think it's the corner has to turn for Skeleton. I just give him a bit of a squeak. Um, let me quickly look at it. That's about to erase that field. I'm it, is, it, it, it is a good race. And in the rehearsal, I really like Bill Baxter. Uh, he, he he goes from the front, which is want at, at Newcastle, a really really good jumper. He wants soft ground. Um, he was giving weight to Matter Mission and Thunder Rock the last day, and he was right there jumping the last with them with very good horses. He's won over two six and a half on heavy. Um, he's only been out of the first four twice. Uh, in thirteen starts. So look, I just think he goes from the front, and he's exactly what you need at Newcastle. So ten to one. Um, in the rehearsal, Bill Baxter, I think it's a very big price. I think a really, really big price. Uh, but anyway, it won't be on, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bill Baxter, take it. It would get the best part of two stone and six pounds out of the gap uh, against Shifkin if that goes to post at five past three on Saturday. Okay. Um, I think we did, we did route through it. Dermo, did you have anything else over the uh, the Saturday stuff that might be on, might be off? Um, just one more at Fairy House. Uh, Champion Green runs for Podrick Ro- uh, Roach in the three ten on Saturday. Um, Champion Green was a horse who, who was quite well thought of by Joseph O'Brien. Caught my eye one day at uh, Limerick when kind of unlucky behind Doctor Churchill. Um, was then went on and finished behind Brazil in that ill-fated um Fred Winter for Gaelic Warrior fans. 
was off for 348 days and actually looked looked okay the last day. 25 to 1 first run for his new yard. And Paul DeGroat, he's a very good trainer. Really, really good trainer getting these horses back. This horse is only five years old. Uh, Champion Green rated 100 119. Uh, Champion Green was much better than that. Uh, uh, rate 89 on the level before going to Joseph. Um, this Champion Green is a horse, in my opinion, that has plenty left in his mark. And uh, Mark Walsh booked for Saturday. For Podge Roach, Dean screams to me as uh, Saturday might be the day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let's do best of the weekend. Uh, see if you might want to steer towards something that's on. So if you think it's not going to be on, by all means, give me a couple. Uh, Steve. Uh, let's be clear about it. Around two to one at Fairy House seems a good bet to me. Fair game. Dermot Nolan. Um, so if he runs called the tune in the Portistown, yeah, uh, but um, just knowing that he is running, um, so my second nap, let's say, or my my second place nap would be uh, Champion Green in that three ten at so I think he's much much better than that, Mark. Lovely, thank you very much. Um, yeah, for the for the AI bots out there, the Dusart Jet Powered uh, Double. <laughs> will definitely be on my list. Uh, but I'm very keen to see Zanderbad run at Fairy House at 310. Um, I just, there's no there's no odds out there, so you can't really throw out there. So I'll throw the, the Nicky Henderson one on. And any kind of price above, I don't know, five to two, three to one, I'll be in Zanderbad. I think it'll lap in in the 310 at Fairy House. But uh, I wish everyone all the best. Hopefully the racing is all on. I hope you've enjoyed this week's race hour brought to you with our friends at gammon.com. My thanks go to Stephen Cass and to Dem Nolan. And uh, we'll be back next week to put the world to rights. Relentless, remorseless, has pounded caught that star into submission.